This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Podcast Nation, how are you? Uh, it's me, Gary Vaynerchuk. Super fired up for a new uh, episode and of the podcast and super excited to be doing another interview, um, which I'm a little bit of a role now with. Um, uh, we have an incredible entrepreneur with us in a category that I have a ton of passion for. Uh, a, for its Jersey roots. B, because it's about blueberries. Uh, you know, one of the things I have been thinking about with the podcast is we're bringing on all sorts of different people different walks of life, and what Tiffany's story is, I actually think will resonate with far more people because she's in the spot where far more people are than some of maybe the fancy schmancy you know, authors and things of that nature are. And so I was really excited about this podcast. I really wanted to do it. I wanted to see where it took us. And so Tiffany, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Gary. Uh, why don't you take two to five minutes and give people real hardcore kind of like who you are, what you do. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk blueberries, we'll talk entrepreneurship, we'll talk a little Jersey and we'll take it there. Okay, well, um, I'm Tiffany Bolin, born and raised in the great state of New Jersey. Um, world leader in blueberry production up until about 10 years ago. And uh, I'm hopeful that, you know, full blues will make it a world leader again based on how we're farming. Um, my background is um, I'm, I come from transportation engineering and logistics. I grew up um, you know, uh, going to work with my dad who ran a railroad out on the port of New York and New Jersey. So by the time I was a teenager, I was um, working on the railroad and uh, I loved it. I loved being in the transportation space. I think it's amazing. Um, and I cool. you know, built a career out of that. And by the time I was uh, 25, I was running my own consulting practice, working with some of the urban core municipalities of the state of New Jersey and industrial developers and assisting in building pretty amazing projects across New Jersey. So I've been really grateful to be in that space. And um, then I made a big shift when I was about 35, uh, 34, 35 years old, and I moved to South Africa um, with my two sons, Brian and Alex. Um, and I raised them there. Uh, and it was an amazing, amazing experience in life. And the work that I started to do there, um, you know, I, I say everything starts with the railroad with me. <laughs> so I worked with the South African government on their rail system. But what it brought me to was a lot of farming operations because mm -hmm. you had to figure out how to move, you know, a lot of labor into spaces. And um, that's sort of what brought me on this agricultural journey. Uh, it kind of all starts with logistics for me, you know, <clears throat> figuring out ways to move things around, um, getting food to people. And um, then I found this farm in the Southern Eastern Cape uh, after visiting many. So um, I had a good idea of how farming worked um, in Southern Africa and, you know, what challenges they had from, you know, weather to water um, and labor pools, everything. And when I got to this farming operation, they were growing in a place called East London, uh, outside of East London, uh, blueberries in containers in, you know, basically their own designed, what I would call dirt, you know, it's growing medium. And it was all organic, absolutely amazing. They density planted and because I knew enough about blueberry production. You know, my great grandfather was a berry farmer. Um, so I grew up around farming and I understood it. I knew it was very different. Um, so it was very disruptive and they were, you know, 
drip irrigating, um, they had vermicomposting going on out there. They had an anaerobic digester and, you know, they were density planting. They had these amazing nets and they were producing really great blueberries. So I was able to get the USDA there, um, foreign ag services, um, you know, not a lot of folks know this, but USDA has the most actually foreign service workers of any um, agency in the federal government. And they came along with me to visit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they said, you know what? Transfer this back. Bring this back to America. And uh, that's kind of what started me on the journey. <laughs> so here I am, uh, you know, in what Ocean, kind of, New Jersey. <laughs> if I asked you from like an emotional intelligence traits, like tenacity, patience, humility, like when you think about that kind of stuff, you know, when I hear about that, when I think, when I just listen to all of that, and there was some real nerd science shit in there, and you know, like <laughs> for everybody who's listening along, I'm sure you know, it was really neat. I, I just like, if, if I asked you what what gives you the gumption, you know, what gives you like, how, how do you break down your framework of like what gave you, what brought you to this point? What what do you answer? What characteristics? Relentless. Um, let's that, break, wait. let's break, let's break them down. Why do you think you're relentless? What, you know, what DNA from which parent or both, what circumstances, what parenting style, what things that happen in your life, where does relentless come from? Um, I would say it's definitely both parents and it sort of depends on who, um, you know, we had a, a, a very normal upbringing in central New Jersey on the Bayshore in Monmouth County. Yep. Um, and if you know anything about the Bayshore, it's, uh, you know, interesting region, um, you know, kind of rooted in family and blue collar workforce. Big time. And yeah, big time. And so, you know, I would no, say- no, A no bullshit place. It's a no, that's exactly right. No bullshit place. And I would say that definitely, you know, just shaped. being rooted there, you start to take shape and say, okay. And then, you know, I just was lucky, you know? Were you, were you uh, I'm sorry, before we go to that, were mm -hmm. you, you know, are you of the age group where like, you know, I am where you just I'm went out. Gen Xer. Yeah. Yeah. So were you were you you just went outside and played like all day? Like like and the streets parented you as much as your parents did, or were you more indoor in around your parents? No, I was never indoors. Always outside for sure. Um okay. and we were definitely, you know, if you're on the Bayshore, like we were lucky, we lived next to a park, you know, so we were always out at the park and in the back and you know, my parents um, God bless them, still live in the same home and they have an acre of property, you know, so, so it's, you know, it's, it's been a great, it was a great upbringing actually, you know, all my cousins live close by. So we always have people around kids, my age, you know, all of those wonderful things. I love and, it. um, and I went to work a lot with my dad and I just loved what I was doing with him. I loved learning about railroading. You know, I loved pulling switches. I loved were you were you interested in the subject matter? Were you interested in time with dad? A mix of both? How do you think it broke down? Oh, I think that my mom would say I was definitely interested in time with my father. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I definitely started. I loved you know, I loved the work itself. I did enjoy it a lot. So I think it's a combination. I love For it. All right, let's get back up to here. So you see all this crazy shit and now you're bringing it back to America. That's right. You know, and um, so that's hard, right? This is, you, you know, you have to put plans together and you have to convince, you know, uh, a scientist in South Africa, it's a really good idea. You know, why don't we do this over here? Can, you know, 
you, do you want to come in? Do you want to assist? Do you want to think about this with us, you know, with me at that time? And when I um, came back to America, I met with someone that I've worked with for many, many years and said, you know, I think I'm on to something really exciting. I really want to try it. Um, and, you know, I need a partner. I need, you know, someone who can think about this from a business standpoint and help me think it out. Um, and someone that can help me get it built and, and make it happen. And so um, enter my partner, Ken, and, you know, he has been on this journey along with me the entire time. And we uh, were able to get the platform up and built through the support of, a, you know, another born and raised New Jersey businessman here in uh, Ocean County um, on his 150-acre farm um, in Ocean County, Forked River, Lacey Township. When you think about your ambition to produce the highest quality blueberries in the world, mm -hmm. right? Or you, you know. Oh no, they are. I'm, I'm very confident on that one. <laughs> I love you. I love you. So, Completely so confident. what, what, you know, listen, blueberries is a very narrow subject matter. Sure. Even farming to some degree at the level that we're talking about is big, but niche. What, you know, there's a very broad audience here listening. Right. You know, what, what takeaways, what, what value can we bring them is what I'm thinking about as we're, they're learning about you and the product. First of all, can people buy the blueberries? Cause I already have like people like pinging me about it behind the scenes. Like, Oh yes. Full blues, fullblues.com. Yes. Um, spell, spell that out. So everybody knows. Um, F L F U L L B L U E S. Full blues. Beautiful. And, and if someone lives in Ohio or Texas, is there like, so this Papa, year, yeah, how's it going to work? So this year we, we stuck to the sort of New York metro market, um, right. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, and Maryland. Right, um, so for, for, the people that are, for the people listening, East Tri-State area peeps can get it yes. by going to fullblues.com. Yes. And then for everybody else who's listening, which is probably the reason I wanted you on the show, let's talk about the inspiration about doing shit you're passionate about and getting it done. Because I think everybody listening here, 65% are probably in a place right now where they're either unhappy or content or uninspired. I, I think if I go with unhappy, content or uninspired, we're talking about 79 to 89% of the people listening right now are in that point in their profession. Yet 50% of that 80% has a passion that may be this narrow. Yeah. And what I'm, what, what <laughs> My that? advice is yeah. pursue it. <laughs> how, do, how does one get over the fear, the bills, the judgment of others? Like, like what is that? Well, I'll be direct. I pay it no mind because I know that what we're doing here is important. It's good. It's, it's what needs to happen in agriculture and farming. Um, and of course you, you always will listen when you have to listen, you have to open your ears, but you also have to have your own voice. And when you're, you know, sort of leading an effort and putting folks together and getting people inspired and excited, it has to be you. It has to be, you know, your dream, your vision, your passion, and you want people to come along with you, right? Yeah, I think that's right. But, but I, what I'm trying to figure out is like, uh, how about this question? What about people around you in your life that you've seen make the leap 
that maybe didn't have the circumstances. Like for you and I, like I'm listening to you, I'm like, I get this chick, right? Cause I am this chick and she is me, right? That's why we hit it off. So I want you on this platform. Um, what I'm curious about is, have you seen people, siblings, cousins, best friends, actually be able to go into their passion when they were more fear-based because of their circumstances or things of that nature? And if so, do you see a theme? Has that hit your radar? Uh, yes, I, I have. And it's that they put their fear aside and they, take their mission forward. For, for example, I'm working with an amazing woman um, and she has been putting together, um, she calls them Molly boards. And they are these great charcuterie boards, beautifully artistic, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, uses our full blues jam, you know, one of the value added products that we're bringing to the table. And it's, the artistic design is amazing. And she put aside her fear and she put her foot forward and went for it. And then, you know, it, it's great because she has, you know, folks such as myself and other friends and colleagues who are there to say, let's go, let's do stuff together. Let's collaborate, let's incubate, let's make this happen for all of us. You know, we, we have to work together, cooperative competition. <laughs> do, you, do you think that people just get tired of their fear eventually? and just go, like that's the reason they went? Like putting aside, like I'm spending so much time thinking, I just think your story's inspiring and matters. You know, obviously I want people to buy blueberries from you because I love blueberries and they're amazing. <laughs> but that's like 89 people. I think, <laughs> I think the, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands that end up listening to this, I just think that so many more people can do it. And it's like the boogeyman or, or thinking that witches are real or you know, being in abusive relationships or growing up in a household that only believed in education but you were an entrepreneur or a million other things I see every day, it's all fake. It's fake. And I'm just, you know, and I, you know, I scream and yell and content <laughs> about it for, but when I have somebody who I've seen do it and can come here that's why I'm digging in so deep on this because it's just so many more people could be doing, like you're on fire because you're happy and have a mission and enjoy what you do. And so many people listening right now, you know, there's stay-at-home dads, moms. There's a lot of different ways to live life. Some people make a lot of money and retire, but like a stunning amount of people spend an incredible amount of their life working. Like, especially when you factor in sleep. If you factor in sleep and you yeah. leave all the hours left, the amount of time one spends on work is extraordinary. Yes. And I just wish more people knew they could do other shit and it could be as narrow as what you're doing. Yeah, I, well, I mean, this is narrow, but it's important, right? It's, it's massively important. Like, I, I think what I'm doing is narrow. I don't think of it as like narrow as a bad, I think of it as like, look at this. This is massively important. If, if not if, when this is successful, Johnny in Alabama wants to do this with strawberries and Peter wants to do it with carrots. I understand you have a massive thing going on. Yeah. I'm actually talking about just one person listening right now who's been wanting to do something around handbags or, or raising bees or starting a cactus farm 
or starting their own shoe brand or a lollipop company or a daycare center. Like it just can be done. It can be done. And what you can't do is talk yourself out of it or let yourself be talked out of it because of all of the things in front of you. Right. Right. Cause it's hard. Yeah. I mean, even moving to South Africa for me was That's really crazy. Hard. That's crazy. Insane. It, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I just closed my eyes and said, this is what I'm going to do. This is it. This is an opportunity for me, Brian and Alex, you know. Tip, did you, do you think about regret in moments like this? Like, did you say, does it ever cross your mind saying, if I don't do this, when I'm 81, I'm going to regret it? Oh yeah, I do. I definitely make decisions in that way. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I, I'm glad everybody got to hear that. I believe that the fear of regret for me is greater than the fear of judgment. And that's why I do what I do. I am exactly the same. I do not want to regret things. And I always try to make sure everything that I'm working on and participating in is fundamentally good. And I, you know, I'm confident. I'm really confident that the last 30 years that I've been working, that the projects that I've touched and been part of and the thing that I'm doing here, which I'm so excited about, is fundamentally good and necessary for the planet, the world, you know, those types of things. You're proud of your legacy in it. I am. I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of it because I know it's something, you know, that will live well beyond me. And, you know, Brian is part of it. My oldest son is part of it. So he, you know, uh, and by the way, he's jumped in passionate, excited, you know, operationally proficient. Um, and he's a young man, you know, he's 25 mm -hmm. years old. And to have all this on your shoulders and that kind of responsibility, but just put your best foot forward and have a good attitude. I felt really proud. I was like, okay, this is great. <laughs> you know, this that's what made me happy because I know that, you know, He's gonna take it seriously for the rest of his life. I love that. Um, what else do you want people to know about the project? I'm gonna give you the floor. I got my part done. Now <laughs> let, me give, let me give five minutes to pontificate. <laughs> sure, it's sustainable. We use drip irrigation. You know, we have a netted system so we protect our plants um, from pests. We have our own growth medium that we've created um, that's all organic. And we create by far the best blueberry and I'm going to say on the planet, I have literally been everywhere and tasted every one that you could think of. And they're just excellent. Um, they're such a premium quality. And I think, you know, we can now do, I mean, really because, you know, I talked to you on January 6th. That was the first time you and I ever spoke. Mm -hmm. And it was mid pandemic, right? And I had had COVID one year earlier, exactly one year earlier. And, you know, had a rough go of it right leading up to the harvest. Then you have a rough harvest. You can't get your you know, labor organized. It's a pandemic, right? You remember this yep. all last year. So I, by the time I spoke to you, I was like, is, is this what I need to be doing <laughs> in my life? And, and then that conversation with you flipped me on my head. I was like, wait, I can do social media. I can think about this a different way. I can reorient. And I can pursue the dream I always had, which is doing value-added products and taking these blueberries and creating really cool things for people, you know, and possibly lending our, you know, science-based in nature to other crops and right. you know, 
there's so many opportunities here. So, uh, you know, I want to thank you for that. I, I really, I will tell you, didn't give up, you know, and I mean, I've never given up on anything in my life, but you inspired me that day. You're, you know, like you had all these thoughts and I was like, okay, these, a lot of these are my thoughts too. So this is good. <laughs> I've got some ideas because this guy knows his stuff, you know? You're very sweet. Thank great. you. That makes me feel great. Yeah. What, uh, what's been, what's been going on? Like, like what's going on in the, like, let's go a little more general. What's going on in the blueberry market? How popular are blueberries compared to other fruits? A little fun stuff for people to hear some stuff. Oh gosh. It's, um, I, the second most popular fruit in, in the country, you know, um, second to none. And that, that blows me away. You're saying blueberries is the mm -hmm. second most popular fruit in America. Yeah. Remember in the last five years, it's one, sort of the super fruit award almost uh, every single year. Yeah, and yeah. so blueberries became almost like taking your medicine for people. Yeah, you know, yeah. I need my blueberries. And now also- What's number one? Apple? Um, I, I believe strawberries edge them out, to be honest. Got it, got so, uh, you know, and that might have changed this year. Mm -hmm. What's happening in the market and the industry is, is really good for full blues and not necessarily great for the world because the climate migration is coming on so fast. According that to PMA.com, mm -hmm. I don't know how you're judging popularity, which I would respect. Blueberries is 10th behind bananas, apple. This is sales. So to your point, popularity might come in. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, I respect that. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted, I want, plus it might be based on dollars and blueberries, call, who knows? But I was just genuinely curious. My favorite one is avocados as a fruit and is an eighth place ahead of peaches. So, but uh, Bieber's new song might be lifting peaches. Anyway, nonetheless, go ahead. <laughs> Bieber, well, maybe. Hey, peaches are a good stone fruit, <laughs> you know? I'm aware. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, it's essentially that, you know, we have- And by the way, maybe it's, I'm sorry to interrupt just for fun now. Maybe it's blueberries are the second most popular berry because it is according to this list. Yes. Stra strawberries are, num are ahead of it. And then obviously cherries. Strawberries are number one. Strawberries mm -hmm. are always number one. So for sure. And then berry fruits um, uh, are behind only greens. And it's according to PMA, like, you know, uh, lettuces and things like that in terms of uh, superfood, you know, customer interest in a superfood. Yep. So you always go with leafy greens and then did you, did you Did you grow up liking blueberries or was just have, we just kind of stumbled into this? Or like you, like, have you learned to love blueberries more? Like, like me, it's like me with wine, right? I don't think I would have drank wine ever, yeah. actually, if I didn't grow up in it. Was blueberries like a thing for you or just became no. the right, right? They were what, what was your favorite, what was your favorite fruit growing up? Apple. Right. And what about now? Like, do you like them more? Or is it kind of like blueberries are your business? So it's not like you like them more, you just love the project. Oh no, I really do like them. They've, sure. won, they've won, the blueberries have won you over. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, a, uh, I'm blueberry one, strawberry number two. You know, like I like, and the berry fruits are the best, right? High in fiber, low in sugar, really healthy, very tasty, and you can make a lot of stuff with them. Strawberries, is, strawberries are like truly like a distant, distant fourth for me between blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries, like distant. Well, you know, I, so a raspberry, you know, kind of always bruises. I love the taste and flavor. And I love when you make raspberry drizzle and things like that, but they're so hard, you know, like within two days of- Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And but blackberries that, are but, awesome. that, but that first fucking day, 
of I mean, oh, a, no. a, a somewhat hard raspberry, like not too like that perfect texture. Yes. Very good. Hey, Renisha, I bet you never thought this would be the subject matters on the podcast. This is why I love this stuff. <laughs> Tiff, t- t- take us home. What um, what should everybody be thinking about when they're consuming their berries uh, for a little bit of you? And then final thoughts on what I was really driving on this podcast, which is like, give it a fucking shot. Like, like it's one life. Fucking do something with it. Yeah, that's that's definitely my motto as well. You have to. You know, you're only here for a short space of time. Do as much good as you can. Take your chances and risks. You know, um, don't be fearful. If you have an entrepreneurial idea, if you have something you really, really want to do, do it. And, you know, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work and you, and you start. And you, have a, and you have a good story. Remember that? Like, to me, I'm always like, just ha- like work on your confidence because you have a good story. Remember that time I tried to do the blueberry thing? Ha, ha, ha. Like, that's like the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And anything else about people sourcing their fruit, thinking about stuff, just like any kind of like food stuff on the way out? Like, well, we're, we're, you know, how should people be was, thinking about? Go ahead. You gave me the idea of direct to consumer. Yes. Um, what I love about it, and I want everyone to hear it, is it comes off of our farm and is in your house within 72 hours. That just doesn't happen in the industry. So when I'm buying blueberries at like even a good store, like a Wegman, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. what, 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 what's, what am I realistically looking at? A week. Mm-hmm. At and least. just and for anybody who's picked fruit, you know, in their life, there's a big delta off the vine, big delta the next day, big totally delta three days, big. So that three day versus seven day is a major flavor difference. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And we pull such, you know, we're like a virtual candy store. One day you got to come to the farm, I hope. Um, it's like a virtual candy store. We have nine varietals out there with all different taste profiles. So it's, it's, it's just amazing, you know, to be able to get that right at your dinner table three days after it was on the farm, you know, and they're jumbo, they're beautiful, they're organic, super healthy, super healthy. I love it. Tiff, thank you for being an inspiration for so many. I'm glad we were able to give a huge platform here to get a lot of people to discover you. One more time on the website for anybody who's on Tri-State or has friends in Tri-State that want to try these blueberries out. And then maybe your email for all the other people you've inspired, maybe make some relationships. <laughs> okay, great. It's uh, fullblues.com, F-U-L-L-B-L-U-E-S.com. And uh, it's Tiffany at fullblue360.com. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you.